Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious Strava Craft Coffee and a bonus with Strava Craft Coffee. If you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, you will save 20% with the Strava Craft Coffee subscription. And we know a lot of you have taken advantage of our one-time code, that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off. Now you can get that 20% off every single time. You order online with Strava Craft Coffee, and you'll never have to put in your credit card info again if you become a subscriber to Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee, the rich, delicious, smooth, CBD-infused coffee. So not only are you getting a great jolt of coffee in your body, which is delicious, you're also getting the benefits of CBD, which helps with aches, pains, migraines, anything that's going on, including the coffee jitters, the CBD can help with. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee and become a subscriber, and you can get the option of getting your copy every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks with that 20% off. So if you haven't used Strava before, make sure to use the code DNVR20 your first time, or subscribe and save 20% on every single order. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. The great thing about MSU Denver is they've mastered the art of online learning as all of these colleges are, are scrambling right now, figuring out how to teach online. MSU Denver has been doing it for a long time and has mastered that art already. They have over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes right there at your fingertips. Whether you live in Denver, whether you live outside of Colorado or even outside of the country, you can take advantage of MSU Denver online if you want to earn a degree, finish a degree, or just take a couple classes here or there. Make sure to check out msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, I'm happy to be rolling with you today. And man, we are coming off just talking to Vic Fangio. So this is certain to going be a very fun uh, episode. Yeah, let's dive right in. What did you think of what Vic had to say today? Of course, this is the second time we've talked to him since training camp started. Really the first time since training camp's been underway. Yeah, well, I think you have to start with everything that's gone down at tackle and uh, what that means. He's he seems pretty uh, he seems pretty optimistic about Garrett Bowles. Says Garrett Bowles is in the best spot that he's been at this time in a year. Uh, was optimistic about Elijah Wilkinson. Feels like him going to the right side is going to be good for him. Of course, he's going to be the biggest beneficiary of it. Also, talked a little bit about Jawan James and. Uh, you know, Jawan had a very pointed comment in his in his statement they released yesterday in regards to last year. And of course, Vic Fangio had some pointed comments of his own regarding Jawan James and his inability to get on the field this past year. And so James and so regarding James, today Vic did say that they had several conversations, described them as good and productive, also said that he doesn't think that all the stuff last season, uh James and, and Fangio being in two different spots in regards to whether he could play 
didn't think that it had any bearing at all on Shawan James' decision to opt out of the 2020 season. Yeah, and, and who knows, Mace, it's not for us to speculate, but that comment from Juwan James was very interesting. In his letter, he said, to the Denver community, these first two years weren't what I expected them to be when arriving here. I know you don't know me well, and a false narrative was painted of me last year due to my comments made about my, or due to comments made about my injury. Well, we talked to John Elway and Vic Fangio last year. Those are the only two people that talked about his injury. So, I mean, Mace, it, you know, again, who knows? He didn't say that that what was part of it. He said he has a new son. Uh, so I'm not going to say that that played into it. But it is going to be interesting next year how everything comes together because he is under contract for next year as well. Yeah, he's under contract. And even if you have the, the prorated portion of his signing bonus still counting this year, which would be $3 million, not the salary, you're still looking at $16 million of dead money if you let him go in 2021 so you got to accept Jawan James is going to be a Bronco next year and with that salary cap dropping to 175 million dollars you're not going to have room to carry that sort of dead money charge so the bet so you Jawan James is going to be your right tackle in all likelihood in 2021 and you just gotta cross your fingers and hope that he stays healthy hope that it's every other season that he's healthy not uh yeah, not to, uh, you know, pardon me. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, that, I oh, do. That's I know even number, that he's healthy in even-numbered years, so he's skipping the even-numbered year, and he's going to play the odd-numbered year in 2021. You know, we've addressed that a little bit in past podcasts. So that's – so really – it goes back to what you're looking for, a one-year solution. And Vic Fangio, if you're judging by his comments today, seemed pretty comfortable with Elijah Wilkinson as a one-year solution. Yeah, and I get that Vic has to be optimistic because yeah. there's really nothing else he can do right now. Um, and there's just really nothing else he can do. And so it really does sound like Elijah is going to be sliding back to the right side. His optimism surrounding that. Uh, is that Eli played, what, 900 snaps there last year. That's where he's comfortable with. Um, and he said he, Elijah made a lot of progress throughout the season. So you hope that year two under Mike Munchak helps not only Elijah, but helps Garrett Bowles. And Mesa, it really seems like we know the offensive line right now. Now, of course, center isn't officially decided. I think we both think it's going to be Lloyd Cushenberry, but – I mean, from going from Juwan James on the right side to a competition between Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson, there's no competition on the left side anymore. I asked Vic Fangio if there's still a competition with Garrett Bowles, and he, he almost was caught off guard and just said, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's his job to lose right now, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone, um, but he didn't crown him. Uh, and also, I think that's the answer that everyone has had because, I mean, we're, we're talking about Calvin Anderson, who hasn't played. And no disrespect to these guys, but it's just the truth. You have a four-year starter in, or a three-year starter in Garrett Bowles, and then you have Calvin Anderson, Hunter Watts, and, and backups that really have never played. Well, you didn't crown him officially, and I, I do wonder if, as we've seen with the Broncos over the years, they've tended to play a little bit of the wait-and-see game if there were any lingering questions to see if what they had on hand would be adequate. And then if they found out, okay, we can't really ride with this. We're going to bring in somebody else. It would happen midway through the preseason toward the back end of training camp. As you saw the training camp practices transition into season prep practices, Keith Brooking, Paris Lennon, um, Evan Mathis in 2015. This is something that John Elway has done. Now, of course, it's a different structure. Vic Fangio said that for him, training camp doesn't really start until August 14th. Yeah. When you start building up to the pads going on on the 17th. So if you're going to make a move, can you really wait that long? Is that going to is that going to is it going to be too late just because the limited number of padded practices and lack of preseason games that you're going to have? These are all things that, of course, make this year different than any other, but also make the notion of bringing a tackle in from the outside different because I it's not something where I think you can wait until say August 29th, August 
30. If it's something that you may have to jump on before you actually see these guys at work and know what they have. And I, I mean, I do know that while right now it's Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson, I do know that the door is not closed when the Broncos bringing in a tackle at some point that, uh, you know, the, the lines are open. They're going to be watching things closely and it may well come down to a point where maybe it's before they start practicing formally. Maybe it's a little bit after where they say, okay, who's still on the market. The problem is when they make that decision, will, a Cordy Glenn, a DeMar Dotson, a Jared Veldier still be out there to bolster that position. Yeah, and Mace, that's the feeling that I got from Vic was he has to be optimistic, but at either tackle spot, honestly, he's he's willing for John Elway to bring someone in because from what Vic said, they have no choice. They have no choice at right tackle. They have no choice at left tackle right now. And when you get the feeling like that, it means, yeah, we're open to someone better coming in if possible. And Mace, when you said that, I totally agree with you about everything you said, but man, if you feel this way and you just opened up nearly $4 million with Jeff Hireman, that that's right there available for use right now. Why would you not bring the best guy on your list in right now instead of waiting for one or two of these guys to be off the market? I completely agree. If it were my money, my budget, I'd be bringing in some help right now. Because the sooner you can get them in and the sooner you can get them learning your scheme, the better. Now, we talked a lot about Jason Peters in the offseason. Jason Peters would have made a lot of sense. It was not a direction in which the Broncos were going to go. But you do have these veteran options. Like Jared Valdir is somebody that you know can pick up a scheme pretty quickly. I mean, just look at him. Last year, he goes to the Packers. I think he gets there in late November. And by the end of the regular season, he has to step in for Brian Bullock and plays well, and then he has to start a playoff game. And he played well in that one too. So uh, Veldir, a smart guy. We around him in 2018. He's somebody that if you could get one more season out of him, you know he could pick up the scheme, the scheme quickly. Now, the interesting thing is if you're not crowning Garrett Bowles just left just yet at left tackle, does that mean that in the back of your mind, are you thinking Cordy Glenn, perhaps, because with the three guys that we talked about, as far as if you're going for a veteran one-year stopgap that you don't have to trade for, if you're thinking in those terms, the, the three top guys are DeMar Dotson, Cordy Glenn, and Jared Valdir. And Glenn has been nothing but a left tackle in his career. Valdir and Dotson have been right tackles. Valdir's played on both sides. Dotson's been a right tackle for pretty much all of his career, had a little bit of a cameo on the left side. So are you thinking in terms of, okay, we want to see where these guys are and whichever one doesn't, isn't up to snuff, unless both of them aren't. If both of them are, are up to snuff, that's great. But if one of them's not up to snuff, we're going we're, we're gonna to find another option out there. And that's why I think it was interesting that he didn't, a hundred percent say that the job was Garrett Bowles. He, he didn't say Garrett Bowles is the week one left tackle. <laughs> the door right. is still ajar there a, a little bit. And, and the fact that they wanted the Wilkinson Bowles competition tells you that they, they may want somebody else there. Maybe they feel like Garrett Bowles needs to be pushed. Yeah, exactly. And what's changed? No, nothing's changed. And now Vic said some good things. Um, uh, about Garrett Bowles, but what what he ended up saying was, "We'll, we'll have to see." Uh, you know, he he it seems like he's more knowledgeable. It seems like he's stronger. It seems like he's in the best shape of his career. Uh, and typically, a coach would kind of just end it at that. No, he said, um, "I'm cautiously optimistic about Garrett Bowles," and he said, "We'll just need to wait and see." Which is uh, that just shows exactly where Vic Fangio is with Garrett Bowles and Mace yesterday after seeing the news of Juwan James I thought back to the comments that John Elway made uh, right after the draft he said we have to get better at tackle position at both of them well now you're right back to where you were last year to where you had to get better from last year you're at Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle Garrett Bowles at left tackle if you bring someone in to compete at either spot, both spots maybe, for $4 million, 
and that makes Garrett Bowles play better, and that makes Elijah Wilkinson play better, and this guy is your backup tackle for $4 million, I'm saying, great, good, good money spent. If this guy comes in and starts at left or right tackle, I'm saying, great, a great $4 million spent, and I don't think the price tag is going to be more than that. So I just don't know why you would wait, why you wouldn't bring someone in. Well, I think if Jason Peters is only going to make $6 million this year, and he's somebody who, he's 38, so he's older than these guys we're talking about, and these guys that we're referring to, they're all in their 30s. But if Jason Peters is a $6 million tackle, then Glenn, Dotson, Veldier, these guys are three to $5 million tackles at most, and probably more around the $4 million range. And what did you save when you cut Jeff Hireman? $3.875 million. That gets you almost all the way to $4 million in terms of that sort that outlay. So it's sitting right there. You've budgeted for this. I think it's a move that you have to make. And, I mean, I think what, what Vic Fangio said, I mean, I, it's weird. Would you say he's more comfortable with Wilkinson on the right side or Bowles on the left side? I, I don't know. What he know. said today. I've been thinking <laughs> about this for the last 15 minutes here. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure which one Vic Fangio is more comfortable with right now, but he didn't, but he didn't seem 100% sold on either. Now, no. with Wilkinson, he's probably got to watch him out there to see how the foot is, this is the foot slash ankle, because he had the surgery in May. And he was going to be on the pup list. He was on the, he was on the pup list for a few days, and they they activated him. So the other the other thing um, I think it's worth noting here, and I don't want the Broncos to rush Natani Muti in any way, shape, or form. If he's not a hundred percent, and that list Frank injury, man, we've seen how it's affected guys at a lot of positions. That's a tough one to come back from in a year. So if there's any if there are any questions about Natani Muti, I think caution is the watchword. But do you work Muti at one of the tackle spots just to start finding out because he does have that versatility potentially to be a tackle? Man, I'm with you there, Mace. I'm not rushing him at all. And since the season's just you know just over a month away, I'm yeah. not doing that. No, maybe maybe you work him there as a backup because Mace, like you said, <laughs> even more reason to bring someone in. Elijah Wilkinson may not be 100%, uh, and, and if he is 100%, maybe he has a higher risk of re-injury. Mm-hmm. I'm touching what all over the place here. But then what do you do if Garrett Bowles is your left tackle because you don't have anyone else, and Elijah Wilkinson is your right tackle because you don't have anyone else, and one of them gets hurt? I mean, Jake Rogers did get a game ball last year, but I gave the opportunity for, to Vic to say, yeah, Jake Rogers is competing at left tackle because we like him. And he didn't say that. He didn't say anything about Hunter Watts. I mean, bring in another tackle. I'm sorry. Did you really just say you were touching wood all over the place? <laughs> all over the place, Mace. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was trying not to crack up. <laughs> oh, man. oh no. Oh, Zach. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I'm sorry. I, I wanted just, to let that one, I thought about letting that one slide, but I just couldn't. Mesa, I'm just touching wood for the health of the Broncos. That's all. Just touching, touching my own wood for that. <laughs> I think I've killed Mace. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, well. We all need to laugh after finding about out about this tackle. Uh, yeah, the Broncos tackle spots. Well, you know what? The you want to do something to build a wall in front of Drew Locke, and the and the strongest wall stand tall and hard, and that's what you need, one way or the other. And if that means touching wood and hoping that <laughs> things work out. That's great, but uh, I, I would also say this. You've got to add. You got to add one veteran to to to, to feel good. Now we're going to get to the comments later. Uh, one interesting possibility, if you could work out a trade for, uh, is somebody that did play for 
Mike Munchak in Pittsburgh. That's Matt Filer. And we've already seen, of course, that Vic Fangio uh, will look back, or, or that Mike Munchak, pardon me, will look back at his past in Pittsburgh uh, for potential offensive linemen. So I won, So maybe somebody like that could be in play. Maybe you do look at the trade market a little bit as well if you're willing to if you're willing to sacrifice some draft capital. The problem is, like we mentioned with Jawan James, it's a one-year solution because you are going to have Jawan James on your roster in 2021. The, yep. the salary cap, the value of that contract dictates he's still going to be here. So are you really willing to trade something of value in the draft for a one-year stopgap, or would you rather just go and sign a veteran to get you through me? I'm signing a veteran. My personal choice, and if you, you can read my article at thedmvr.com where I get into some of these veterans, my choice is still DeMar Dotson on balance. Is he who he was five, six years ago? No. His holding penalties have gone up the last couple of years. Bruce Arians even mentioned this last year. He's kind of struggles with his bend at times. It's just part of getting old. But the other thing that Bruce Arians said that was crucial, the man can still pass, can, can still pass protect. And you know what? I feel a lot better with DeMar Dotson over there protecting Drew Locke. And as far as the, the run blocking goes, well, you know what? You got Nick Van Nett. You can make that your strong side. But, I, yeah. but he has a chance to be able to hold up one-on-one in pass protection to where you don't have to keep a tight end in and you can maximize the number of targets or you can use that tight end to help out Garrett Bowles on the other side in pass pro. I think if you've got Garrett, if, if you're helping, uh, you don't want to tip it off too much, but if you're primarily helping DeMar Dotson in, in run blocking and you're primarily helping Garrett Bowles in pass pro, you've got something that can work out on a good number of snaps. Right. Exactly. And Mace, that, that's the solution that I certainly like right now uh, as well. And it's something that John Elway should be doing right now. And, and Vic Fangio talking to Mike Munchak uh, and asking about who do you want because we need to get someone in because we are, uh, you know, 40 days-ish away from the start of the season. Uh, Mace, we'll, we'll throw in some good news here. Bryce Callahan's health is good. According to Vic Fangio, he has no problems with his foot. His foot is fine, although he did get sick. The stomach flu right before camp started, so he he is underweight. But the foot is good. That is good. And he's going to work inside and outside. So that means Bryce Callahan, he's going to be outside in the base, but you're looking at him as being your slot corner. And that kind of makes things uh, interesting. It'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how that affects the competition. I would say this, if Bryce Callahan is going to be your slot corner in sub package downs and then outside in base package, a something that Chris Harris jr. Has done in the past B I think it opens the competition up a little more, gives you more possibilities there as far as who's going to be your number three corner. Before, you might have been thinking of someone like Michael Ojemudia handling that kind of hybrid role that Will Parks had down the stretch last year when the Broncos moved away from using, say, Devontae Harris moved and, uh, and went with more of that. Duke Dawson, we didn't see much of down the stretch either with Isaac Adams starting opposite, uh, opposite of Chris Harris Jr. at the time. Now I think you've, you've opened it up to, to Devontae Bosby being in the mix there as well. Uh, you've opened it, you, you've opened it back up to Devonte Harris, Isaac, Adam Duke Dawson. The notion of putting Bryce Callahan as your slot corner in sub packages means you've really got a wide open competition for that number three spot. I still think that if Devonte Bosby is healthy, that he's going to earn a good chunk of the reps just based on what we saw in that limited sample size last year and how that, all those guys that, had their turns as the number two cornerback over over the course of the of the year replacing Bryce Callahan the one who looked the most stable and consistent in the end sum was Devontae Bosby yep I completely agree with you Mason it it also makes sense to not just have Bryce Callahan be the slot and not be out there when you only have two corners out there you're paying him a lot of money so make sure that he's on the field as much as possible well Mace we got some questions and comments for us. Let's hop in and talk to the listeners. Speaking of DraftKings, my pick of the week hit again. 
Hey, there you go. I love to hear it, Mace. You just have to keep betting against the Braves. Yep, until you go with the horse until it bucks you. Antonio Acosta, with Juwan James opting out and his contract getting moved a year down the road, it had me thinking. With Simmons and other franchise players playing on the franchise tag, what is keeping these players from opting out? Since they are playing on the franchise tag, would they not have an option to sign a contract in 2021? Or would they become a free agent once again? New winner negotiate, or is that gone? Well, what would happen is he would be passing up on $11 million this year. He would get 150000 but he'd pass up on $11 million. And Mace, wouldn't the franchise tag just roll over to next year? It would because all of the contract terms, other, basically other than the prorated portion of the signing bonus, which you're still getting, all the contract terms as far as your, your year-to-year contract, they just roll over the next year. So Juwan James will be on year three of where he stands in the prorated bonus which means that uh, it makes the it it takes the dead money figure if they cut him in 2021 down from 19 million to 16 million which still isn't great and is still more than what his uh, his the value of the contract they play on would be so it's still not palatable to cut him so if Justin Simmons wants to play he plays this year he he doesn't right. sit out Correct. Now trivia time for Mace. Name the player that opted out of a ha- of ha- at halftime of a game a few years back, and what connection did he have to Denver? Okay, it's Vontae Davis who opted out at halftime and he just walked walked out, walked away. And With of the course, Bills, the, right? Yes, and of course the connection is that he is the brother of former Bronco Vernon Davis, who actually started Super Bowl Fifty. And incredible how little production he had that season. Yeah, and the thing is, if you watched Vernon Davis that year, he had that big drop against Pittsburgh, probably thought, oh, he's got nothing left in the tank. Then he goes to Washington, plays four more years. Yeah, so, what's up with that? Yeah, there's there were things going on that prevented him from being more productive. It's a shame because if uh, if the Broncos had been able to maximize him and then re-sign him, it would have uh, given him a, given him a nice tight end there at the end of his career for for three seasons. He didn't play very much last year, so I have a good friend that's a 49ers fan, and when the Broncos made that trade for Vernon, I said it doesn't matter what happens. The Broncos won this trade. Well, I guess it did matter because the, the Broncos somehow did not win that trade. <laughs> Next uh, one coming but he's in. A good dude, though. <laughs> yes, yes. Broncos Sooners, New York Rangers. Hey, guys, happy Tuesday. Right back at you. Let's talk some Broncos football. Who is your, what is your favorite Pat Bowen story? Well, there's probably no better person to, to tell a good story about him than Mace. There's actually a lot, of, a lot of better people. Honestly, I don't have really many really good Pat Bowen stories. Um, I only started covering the team in 02. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, by that, by that time uh, he, he did some interviews, but not many. I mean, I, I saw him around the building, but I can't really say that I have any good Pat Bowen stories. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> well, we'll talk to some people and get some for you. Broncos Sooners, New York Rangers. Yeah. Next one from sausage Sanga Harry Ryan. It's t- It's time to drop the keto diet and start carb loading. Suit up and buckle the trend strap. You're going in at right tackle for the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, at this point, any anyone should try out for it. And, you know, Hunter Watts, the guy with the incredible Photoshop job by his alma mater, he, heck, he may get a shot. He may. Uh, he, he's probably down the list a little bit, but he may get a look at think it's uh it's come one come all but at least elijah wilkinson he's off the pup list pup list pardon me we'll see how healthy he is chilongo bronco hey guys i'm trying my best on not to hate this guy he has a good excuse to opt out it should be a respected decision but being him and after all that happened last year man it is hard not to hate him anyways how about giving a call to Valdir? i had a, a few conversations with some fans yesterday and some friends as well about this and everyone said the same thing at least that I talked to and it was exactly what Chilongo Bronco saying about Juwan James is I understand I respect the decision and the way I view it Mace is this is how fans are going to feel they're going to understand it and respect the decision but it's going to be hard for them to love him next year when, when he's on this team contractually yeah I think it, it, it can be hard to love somebody the thing about it is I saw some really vile, nasty stuff on social media yesterday. 
in regards to Kiwani James. Try try to stay away from that. That's yes. where I know people are emotionally attached to the team, but man, man alive, there was there was some nasty. There were some nasty epithets directed at Juwan James yesterday. I hope he didn't look too much on social media. It just it, it was it was kind of heartbreaking to see. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And Jared Valdir, I, I mean, might as well put a call in, right? Yeah, I I think you take a look at him potentially. You, what are you really asking for? You're asking for one year, say ten to twelve games realistically from because the guys we're talking about, Cordy Glenn, Jared Valdir. Um, uh, Demar Dotson. These are guys. They're they're older players. They've got some injuries on their resume, so you don't expect them to hold up for the whole year. But close to it, I, I would give Jared Veldier a call. I think Demar Dotson is still my first choice, but Veldier looked pretty good in that playoff game for the Packers against Seahawks when he stepped in. He looked to me when I, I went back. Watched a little of that game yesterday. Just watched ice foot on him for a little bit. He looked like he could still play. Yeah, and he's the best tackle the Broncos have had since 2014. So it makes sense to to give him a so call. Can, this is true. The Manning face God. Hey guys, so Woody Page tweeted this yesterday. If I were, I would follow the lead of the Saints and put the entire team in the bubble at one of the many close hotels. I've seen several players out and about not wearing masks or social distancing. Well, that doesn't sound too good. He's seen several players out and about not wearing masks or social distancing. When I read this, I couldn't believe it. With the season on the line, players can't be doing that. What do you guys think? Thanks, and have a great day. Well, unfortunately, I can, I can believe it. Um, and you hope that this is just the first week that they've been in. The veterans have only been in for a couple of days. You hope that the Broncos organization is able to continue to pound on that, that if we want to win, if we want to play, we have to be smart about this. So I'm not surprised, especially the first few days that, um, you know, some, some people aren't wearing masks. And honestly, I am actually with Woody. I think I'd, I'd bubble up at a hotel. I'd call the Inverness tomorrow and say, okay, can we have, a huge block of rooms for the next for the next month. I would yeah. I would do that right now. I would too. I would too. There's no reason not to. And like the the word is starting to come out, teams believe that the team that takes this the most seriously is going to be the one that wins because you're going to have all your players. So that's it, the most important. Exactly. Next one from yep. Dan Burke, and he's got the Calvin Anderson emoji, quiet emoji back. I love it. He says, wonder if the Broncos could swing a trade for Matt Filer. He was very good at right tackle last year, but for some reason, the Steelers are switching him to left guard this year. He's playing on an RFA tender, so he's in the last year of his deal. The Steelers have a bunch of guys that can fill in at left guard, so they're not lacking depth. My guess is it'd probably take a third-round pick. Interestingly enough, Steelers fans were clamoring for the Steelers to trade for Philip Lindsay earlier in the offseason. Would you do a Filer for Lindsay trade straight up? especially if you believed in Levante Bellamy. Also, Mace, I completely agree with you. The they should have drafted Josh Jones over Hamler is the most asinine take that's come out of the Juwan James news. Absolutely zero guarantee that Jones would have been ready to start right now, and he fell in the draft for a reason. I mean, you're talking about Philip Lindsay being someone who's a Pro Bowl back. Right. There's, And the other thing is that Lindsay has two years of control because he's going into his third season, and then you can RFA him. Filer had the RFA tender this past spring, so you're getting one year out of him. Man, I, I'm not doing Lindsay for Filer. I'd consider trading for Filer, but I'm not trading Philip Lindsay. That's yeah, a non-starter. I would do a draft pick for that. What what I don't want to do because the Broncos aren't in a win now mode right now, so you don't want to mess up your future. For right now since you're not in that window so keep keep that in mind but i i like i like where you're coming from and that type of thinking dan mark it snatch hey guys t- to avoid the chorus of panicking with the juan james news all i'll have to say is it'll work out i don't know how i don't know who'll be playing there but i assume they'll have a pulse they'll definitely have the best coach to help them out personally i like the idea of bringing back jared valdir whilst whilst developing the tani muti in a future outside line role post 2021 it's not sexy certainly not ideal probably not the best option but would define the term stopgap 
Anyways, let's talk about our horse bros, the Indianapolis Colts. The history between these two teams has truly been defined by two quarterbacks, John Elway and Peyton Manning. Both were drafted by the Colts. Elway, after demanding an immediate trade, proceeded to torment Baltimore Indy slash Indy during the 80s and early 90s. Likewise, Manning tortured the Broncos for years before coming, becoming one himself. Even though the series is officially tied 14-all, Indy has them where it counts, 3-0 in the playoffs against Denver. But Denver also wouldn't have their three Super Bowl wins without the Colts in some fashion. So what is the best Broncos and Colts game? Is it the rookie Elway leading an unimaginable comeback? Did nothing in the fourth to beat the team he won? No pardon. Peyton finally getting a dub up against the team whose house he built in 2014, officially making him one of the very few players to have a victory against every team in the NFL. The two times Plummer got the better of Indy, one of which Manning was out for. And what about your Bucks, Mace? The history isn't great, but a couple of those games were legendary. Okay. For me, it's got to be the L back of 83, down 19 nothing, and roaring back in the fourth quarter for a 21-19 win. We did that on a DNVR watches back early during the pandemic. Uh, that's the one that it's a game that just drips with significance for the Denver Broncos. I've got to go with that. Yeah. And that's a great one. I'll go with the recent one. I'll go with that Manning one, but man, there really aren't that many great memories against the Colts mace. Yeah. I mean, like, and ditto for the bucks. I mean, they, the bucks and Colts actually played a game called the Repus bowl. Repus played super backwards spelled, but were spelled like super backwards in week 17 of 1991 the colts were came in one and 14 the bucks were two and 13 oh my but gosh. the but the bucks had traded their num their first round pick the next year to the colts a year earlier for chris chandler who they had since cut so it's not like even a draft pick was on the line in that game oh the my bucks won 17 yeah it was terrible the bucks won 17 three and the colts picked one two in the next draft taking steve entman and quentin Coriot at the top of that draft the best the the best bucks colts game to answer your question mark it snatch uh it's 1979 bucks go to baltimore early in the season pull off an overtime win it was part of the five and zero start they had that propelled them to a 10 and six record in the nfc central championship so that, that's the one that jumps out. I believe Greg Landry was a quarterback for the Colts that day because Burt Jones was hurt. The Colts might still be in Baltimore today if Burt Jones had been healthy. Wow, man, the, the he had injuries. Bowl. I like that story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. There were like 22,000 fans there. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. Well, I guess this year we right. can imagine 22,000 <laughs> right. fans for a game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tommy oh, Bronco gosh. checking in. He says, hey, guys, Mace, I'm here with another Wawa comment. I lived in Maryland for about seven years. Wawa was my go-to late-night food run. I would always get the barbecue chicken strip sandwich with the banana foster milkshake. Thinking about it makes my mouth water. Anyway, I just got relocated out here to Colorado, and almost no one heard of Wawa. When I described it, they called it just a gas station. I feel like Wawa is like Drew Locke. Where is the national recognition? When is the disrespect going to stop? Luckily, I met someone from Virginia who understood Wawa, so it made it slightly better. Sorry for the rant. Quick question. I saw on Twitter <laughs> that Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL. Do you think he can get his minor league re uh, revived even with COVID? Can we smell what The Rock is cooking? I'll see myself out, Tommy Bronco. Okay, yeah interesting that he bought it my advice to the rock are we calling i think he wants to go by dwayne johnson okay <laughs> my advice to dwayne johnson is start working on a partnership with the nfl because if you're going to have a league a minor league as it were if it's going to survive it's got to have some significant connection to the nfl maybe leading the nfl eventually owning the brand yeah you work on legitimizing it and building ties to hopefully allow it to come into the fold at some point. That's what you do. That's the best thing you can do long-term for the XFL. The other thing I would do is I would also move a few of the teams, try to, try to get in some of the markets that worked in the AAF. San Antonio did well. San Diego did well. Orlando did well. Get there. You have some potential with some of the markets in the XFL, like Seattle did well. Houston did well. St. Louis. So you can get into markets where I think this thing is going to work. Yes, I, I, I agree. And Mace, I trust Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be able to build that relationship with the NFL if anyone can. And guys, speaking of trust, do you trust your golf swing?
on the, on the course or on WGT, well, if you do, get in on WGT's tournaments that we have so you can win it. If you don't, well, you got to get in on WGT in order to make it better so that you can win these tournaments. And guys, we want you to play WGT Golf, which is the most popular golf game in the world and the official gaming partner of DNVR. We want you guys to play it with us. So how do you do it? Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Make sure to go to dnvrgolf.com, not the App Store, because it lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Guys, then once you're in there, go into the clubhouses and go and search for DNVR3. That's DNVR and then the number three and join the third clubhouse that we have. The first two were so popular, they filled up, so we had to open up a third one, but don't worry. Being in the third one, the second one, the first one, doesn't matter. You get all of the same access, all of the same tournaments. We've got one every single week. They are so much fun. I'm still working on my putter. Don't trust it yet, but I keep practicing. What I love about WGT is you can play at Pebble Beach, St. Andrews, so many courses. It's the most realistic golf game out there. So get in now so that you can play this weekend's tournament with us. That's dnvrgolf.com. Download WGT from that and join the DNBR3 clubhouse. The last time I played on WGT, I struggled, so I needed a drink. And <laughs> I was glad that I'd made her on a Davidson's Liquors and Centennial in Highlands Ranch so I could fix myself a cocktail. Those two locations, they're massive. They have, they have everything you need, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and the staff is incredibly knowledgeable. You know what? If they don't have something you want, talk to a member of their staff. They'll find a way to get it for you, if at all possible you can shop davidson's on their app make sure you download that there's discounts every day on that app as well they can deliver it to you or they can bring your order to you curbside at one of those two locations in centennial and highlands ranch but if you want to go inside take advantage of the sales floor no problem it's up and running with proper social distancing and then you can take advantage of that knowledgeable staff and uh, ask them questions they will be eager to help you out don't forget about the 15-can sampler from Breckenridge Breweries. Dave Brewery, they've got it there, too, in addition to beers from all over the world, vodkas from all over the world, everything you need for your cocktails for my Moscow Mules. It's there at Davidson's. Two locations, Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Make sure you support the partners that support us, that support us and don't forget to tweet at us when you go to tell us about what you got from Davidson's Liquors, Centennial and Highlands Ranch. The Big T leaves us a comment that he doesn't want red. And the reason for that is he suggested a few names that we do that we do like for tackle. So the big T, you're thinking on the right path. Naderade chimes in and says, curious for your thoughts on if the Broncos do not sign anyone in 2020 and roll the James $13 million cap savings into 2021, then use that rolled over cap savings to justify the $16 million cap hit it will take to cut James in 2021. Not necessarily ideal, but does finally get James off the books. I know people are anxious to move on from Jawang James. Uh, that being said, with the cap potentially being $175 million because of the loss of revenue due to the pandemic, Jawang James is going to be a Bronco in 2021 unless the Broncos find a way to trade him and dump that contract on somebody else. Exactly, Mason. And that, that's not what Broncos fans want to hear right now. But right. Especially with the cap going down, you, you can't have more dead money. You, you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to that's gonna factor into a lot of decisions that are made next year, frankly. Yeah. That team, there's so little cap space. Teams can't really afford to pay a guy not to play for the most part. Exactly. So they're gonna, you're just going to have to buck up and live with it. World of suck. I've never in my life been so disappointed by the DMVR Broncos beat crew. This morning, I downloaded the most recent episode of the pod titled The Move Denver Must Make It Right Tackle for the treat of a lifetime and an entire podcast day. I got her what? But no, not even to mention, not even in Mace's 15-word article, Shake My Head. <laughs> All kidding aside, I'm happy for Juwan James, and I hope every guy in his position makes the same decision. My firstborn son is about two or three weeks older than Juwan's baby, and there's just no amount of money that is worth risking the health of a precious newborn life, so good for him in putting his family first. We may be living in a world of suck at the right tackle position, but at the end of the day, it's just football. Very well put, World of Suck. Appreciate that. And also, to anyone in the DMVR community that has not taken up an interest in hockey, now is the time. Also, to anyone in the DVR community that has not taken up an interest in hockey, now is the time to do it. 
Obviously, it's weird not having fans, but from a sport perspective, this might be the best NHL playoffs of our lifetimes. Every single team is fresh and healthy. We'll be flying down the ice. It'll be the hardest cup to win, but the ads are built to do it. Tune in now so you don't miss out on what could be a historic Stanley Cup run for Colorado. Boy, oh boy, you know what? If you're around the country, that's great, but it's going to be a little bit before a lot of Avs fans in Denver can see it because altitude is uh, – Altitude's kind of putting the kibosh on the NBC Sports Network at Avs games locally. So if you have Comcast in Denver, TS, it's, or Dish Network too. It is so pathetic. I cannot believe that's happening, Mace. During yeah. a global pandemic. Pathetic. Yep. Count Locula. Are there certain sets, plays, strategies that an offense can use to mitigate a lack of talent at right tackle? What's the band-aid scheme-wise for such a glaring loss? Love the count. Well, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a matter of moving away from, from the right side and having a little more a little more emphasis on plays going left. Another way you do that is by having a tight, having an extra tight end and having that be your strong side so you've got the tight end to kind of chip and help out. If you look back at the last couple of games when Jake Rogers had to work at right tackle, you see a lot of that. You see like guys like Troy Fumagalli, for example, working hand-in-hand hand with Jake Rogers to make sure things hold up on that side. So that's the kind of thing that you have to do. We all remember, of course, back in 2015 when Michael Schofield was left on an island against Khalil Mack, and it was disastrous. So one of the consequences of this, if you can't find an answer at right tackle, may be that uh, you've got to go with a few more two tight ends and have one of those tight ends uh, on the right side at all times. And maybe that's maybe Nick Van Ed is the guy who's going to be helping out the right tackle. Yeah. And also your running backs got to be able to plat, uh, pass protect back there uh, j- just as important. So uh, we'll be following that in camp for sure. True champ fan 24 says my dudes over the weekend, I managed to jack my right arm up two bone contusions and ligament damage. Watched Utah lose two vital games, and I lost my family's big cornhole tournament because I had to shoot left-handed. I made it to the Utah, or the I made it to the semifinals out of twenty people, and I was the two-time defending champ. Ah, that's tough. Well, I mean, it's really impressive to make it to the semifinals shooting with your opposite hand. That's for sure. Don't hang your head too, is- too low. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tip my hat to you for that. Don't don't feel any shame in, uh, in in coming up short. The semifinals is a heck of an accomplishment with your non-dominant hand. So the other Ryan. My boys. Jawan James agreed to a four-year, $51 million deal with the Broncos that include a $12 million signing bonus and a total guarantee of $32 million. James has played 63 snaps for the Broncos. James has made... $507,936.51 per snap. Guaranteed money divided by snap total is a Denver Bronco over what will be a two-year span. Obviously, John Elway and company could not have predicted what 2020 would have in store as far as a global pandemic. But based on James's previous injury history, the signing was risky at the time. Signing James now is looking like possibly the worst free agent move of the John Elway era and possibly in Broncos history based on how much money was shelled out with almost zero production. It appears that there is no easy way out of the deal in 2021 either. Yikes. In retrospect, the Broncos have gone a different direction with their 95th pick in this year's draft. The Broncos could have had Lucas Nyang or Matt Peart per- at that spot. I think that Melt McTelvin and Jim can develop into a very good player with the Broncos under Vic Fangio and Bill Kolar. But based on Denver's current situation, offensive tackle, it sure would be nice to have Nyang or Peart to develop and possibly get on the field in 2020. Onward and upward for this DNV Army salute. Yeah, if you would have known that this was going to happen, uh, you definitely would have had to draft a tackle at some point in the draft, whether it was probably not the first round with Jerry Judy falling, but the second round, third round with one of your three picks in the third round, you, you would have had to draft a tackle. But hindsight is twenty twenty, And just like that, this podcast is hindsight twenty twenty, And I loved it. I loved rolling with all of you. And something else I love, is Green Mountain Dental because I love keeping those teeth nice and white. And guys, if you check out Green Mountain Dental and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. They're extreme Colorado sports fans just like us. And 
They've been a DNVR partner before it was even called DNVR. So make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us. It truly means the world. Uh, and we are just so fortunate to have all of you with us today. We can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. So for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Tuesday and we'll see you tomorrow. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com